welcome to Wrestling Chat with Friends. I highly anticipate a large dose of cowboy shit. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to your favorite weekly conversation about pro wrestling, Wrestling Chat with Friends. Meow, 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 meow. Booyaka. to make like fun DJ noises. Booyaka. We don't have that level of production yet. So I was going with the old Kofi Kingston. You had the clap. Um, hello. Hi, I'm Megan Rickman Blackwood, your favorite heel in heels, and we are here as always. Uh, to talk wrestling, talk about what happened this week, and catch up with a couple of good friends and just chat. So uh, first and foremost, as always, your favorite two-belt champion, sometimes four-belt, sometimes just all the belts, champion, cheats, two-belt. In honor of Ricochet losing and Finn Balor losing, I will say... Zero belts today. Zero. No belts this week. No belts as... That is drastically sadder, uh, unfortunately. But we we do have Elliot the Collector. Elliot the Collector. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. I'm here. I'm present. I'm accounted for. I'm feeling good. My collectible pick of the week this week is a authentic big gold belt replica ring. Neither real nor gold, <laughs> but uh, oh, but authentic. Very authentic. Picked it up on WWE.com 13 years ago. Who knows? It was on clearance. There's your collectible of the week. AEW figures rocking in the background. Good to see you guys. Let's get it on. Yes, yes. And then we're also joined by Tom. And Tom, here, everybody has a gimmick. So I, I oh need gosh. to know what, what's your gimmick? What's your thing? I'm a heel. He normally is a champion, but this week he is sadly rocking no belts. Zero belts. And as you can see, Elliot is the collector and storer of uh, wrestling merchandise and propaganda. So what is your <laughs> Well, I don't think I can pull off an ominous nickname like the collector, which sounds pretty nefarious. I, I don't think, I mean, obviously he's got the collection behind him, but sort of mitigates that. I think of myself as... A heel who thinks, who truly believes he's a face. <laughs> not not unlike my least favorite wrestler right now, Cody Rhodes, who drives me up a wall. I was about to say, it's the, it's the American Nightmare oh shtick. Oh. There you go. Over, I get mad every time he comes on TV now. I just... <laughs> no, you've, worked, other. you've worked yourself into a shoot. There you go. I, yeah. Completely. <laughs> okay, so you are the Commonwealth Nightmare? Like for the state, maybe oh, since like sure. there's like a strong roads hate, mm-hmm. you got to be the nightmare from somewhere. Okay, so um, as always, we get started and we talk about what we're excited about this week, what we're popping for, and there was a lot of pro wrestling to watch uh, from the indies to the major productions. There were quite a few shows. So Elliot, start me off. What is your pop of the week? What was your favorite moment? There was a lot to pop for this week. My favorite moment was realizing that today we are just one day and one week closer to Capital Collision at in Washington, D.C., the New Japan show. That is definitely what I am popping for. We're close. We're excited. I'm going. I know Cheats is going. I hope everyone's going. And based uh, on, I got tickets too, so I guess we'll I can't see each other wait. later. We're taking it on the road. I love it. I love That's it. The whole crew will be there then. Yeah, let. I don't want to. I don't want to put a uh, a possible live on location podcast. Take. Let's not not consider that. Anyway, that's my main pop, really. And based on some of the news we're going to talk about this week, that could be an even more important show. Now, uh, mm-hmm. some folks that I was I'm excited to see. I'm going to see some folks that I really wasn't expecting to see might show up now. So my pop is every day getting closer to that New Japan show in DC. I uh, am certainly on board with that. I watched the show. Was it last weekend? Last Friday, there was a show with Mox on it. 
was it? And like QT Marshall, and like there, there was a very AEW heavy show recently, and I watched it, and then I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch, I'm gonna go there in DC. Let's just slide through, and then now with the announcement, I am very excited to see uh, what we'll have there. It looks like it might be some fun stuff. I um, saw some videos of Mox and Will Offspray. And I didn't know yeah. that was. I think that's recent, right? It was a Moxwell yes. Osprey match recently? When was that match? That's what I got to find out. Elliot, did you watch that one? I saw it come across my Twitter feed. I think it happened over this weekend, but I, I know think that Friday. It was either Friday or Saturday. I watched um, the majority of the show. Uh, I only had the uh, Japanese subtitle like or the japanese commentary because i bootlegged it but they were so hype i got really excited and i didn't like i just was excited to watch the match and it made me put my phone down and like watch it because i couldn't obviously understand what was going on but i'm super excited and the will osprey mox match is actually what i'm popping for um just because it was amazing it Will Ospreay is like taking the spot of Kenny Omega as that just like over the top, uh, the personality of his character and then also his wrestling style is very similar to Omega. And so <laughs> I'm popping less for that match more than I am I'm popping for uh, the, the feeling of Omega, like Omega's essence in a space. Um, and I'm really, from what I've read, they're talking about having him come back towards the end of this year. Um, so I don't know. I think with New Japan opening up, there's like the Golden Lovers and like all the things that could happen now. Um, and I don't know. New Japan Pro is my pop too. Cheats, what are you excited about this week? So I could go into a number of directions and I want, look, in my mind, I wanted to go something WWE because we're not going to talk a lot about WWE in this There's episode. There's a rating conversation. But I'm going to go with another uh, outside of the ringish, if you will, clip. You know where I'm going with this. They just released a video of the Nature Boy Ric Flair at age 172 years old, locking it up with Jay Lethal. Yeah, um, boy. I knew you loved that. And, Thought of you when and, I saw it. And here's the thing. Uh, I don't know if anybody's Washington Commander fans. I think you know Tom is, and I, and, and I am, in the sense of the football team, not the organization as a whole. Got to clarify that. Um, but there was a time two seasons ago, I guess, when Alex Smith comes into the game. And Alex Smith actually played really well. He's the old commander's quarterback. Um, comes back from a horatious injury. And he played well, and the team gets to the playoffs. Uh, but every snap that man took, I was scared to death mm -hmm. that that was going to be his last snap. Like, he was going to get hit, he was going to get hurt, and everything was going to happen all over again. Watching Ric Flair in the ring, <laughs> I thought the man could keel over at any moment. I literally was just like, stop this video. Jay Lethal, what are you doing? Cut this out. Because we know Flair, Nature Boy, has survived death I don't know how many times. Wasn't and he on, like, it was wasn't bad. he on his deathbed it's like a bad. year? He was, in a, he was in a coma for like a month and a half. It's bad. Yeah. So the fact that he was able to get in the ring and do the work that he was able to do and look the way he did, um, I did give, like, an internal pop. But at the same time, I was like, I don't know how you mix that. Do you mix that with, like, fear that he doesn't pass out and, like, keel over? Uh, well, but he, that's, he, did that's that. he did that because he, he no longer has a wife to stop him from doing that. And he obviously doesn't care enough about his children. To not to not do that. Did you did you see what uh, Charlotte uh, replied with when she saw that video? I, no, yeah, I did. Directly I replied with "Dad, WTF?" Like, Dad, yeah. what? And I'm sure that's a, that's a good line for the for the Instagram. But I like to hope she called him up and said, you know, "Dad, what the fuck are you doing?" But. I will say the I know, um, uh, you know, he's had a podcast that's you know first couple of episodes were making a ton of headlines because he was just like shooting on everyone 
But um, one of the things I noticed when I was listening to one of his earlier podcasts was his um, words and language and, and kind of just love for Jay Lethal. He was he has said on his show several times that he doesn't understand why Jay Lethal isn't one of the biggest stars in all of like world wrestling. He's that good. And he's a nice guy and all of that stuff. So the fact that it was lethal in the ring with him kind of made sense because uh, he really does uh, say a lot, like, I mean, over-the-top glowing things about lethal, where he, he rips a bunch of people. Um, but uh, I, I did, you know, I was glad to see it in a way, but also it was like, I hope he doesn't die. <laughs> Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say a thing and then we're gonna move on or we're gonna be on the, the what we were hopping on for forever. But I it is not entirely surprising to me that Ric Flair's favorite character in modern wrestling is someone who emulates Ric Flair. Right. Very Ric Flairish, very on brand. So yeah. Anyway, he says glowing um, things about Jay Lethal because Jay Lethal has consistently said glowing things about Ric Flair. Yeah, woo. but you're right. But you're not wrong, Cheech. You're 100 right. Woo, um, Tom. <laughs> real quick, tell us what you're popping for. What was your most exciting moment with pro wrestling this week? Very, very eventful week. But my favorite thing that I saw on pro wrestling this week was, and it was only 15 seconds. It was Dalton Castle's promo, Battle of the Belts, that was recorded. Uh, and I just, first of all, I love that he got that spotlight of the title match from national TV. But just the fact that he was able to, in 15 seconds, even to people who don't know who he is, it's like, you get it. You get who he is. He's wildly entertaining. He's very different. And just the fact that he was making Sully Sullenberger references and like analogizing uh, his opponent to the goose and the engine and stuff. I just, that really, that is my sweet spot for pro wrestling. And so I, I love, I've probably watched that. And granted, again, it's 15 seconds. So it's not like it takes all day to watch it. I think I've probably watched that promo at least 10 times. It was, we, it was, it was one that stood out. I'm not going to lie. Like the, uh, the, the Sully reference was the one that had, yeah. had the husband and I turn into each other insane. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Perfect level of carny goodness. Um, that's the that's the type of stuff. That's the type of stuff I want to see. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think the first thing we have to talk about, and it brings in something that I didn't even put in the the run of show, but Ooh, so AEW is is doing their thing. They're AEW. They now own Ring of Honor, which is a different production, a different type of brand, right? And now they have announced their their major announcement that Adam Cole made, which I think cheats. I thought of your wife when when Tony started talking to make the announcement, he's, and he's then awful. he was interrupted. He's awful. And Adam Cole did it. I I thought of your wife telling you to change the channel because he was too awkward <laughs> he, and she couldn't awful. handle watching him. <laughs> he's awful. He's awful. He's not. He's he's. Is, I mean, is that is that is that a man. I was gonna say, is that the gimmick? Is that the gimmick is him? If he's playing into the gimmick, he's amazing. But I don't think that's his gimmick. I think he, I think he's just that bad. I I think there is a spectrum of opinions on. Oh, it's interesting you brought up spectrum because that's I was thinking something similar about. It. There you go. Yeah. Oh, well, I think everybody. Okay, I think everybody. So yeah, yeah. We're trying not to get canceled, but I think that's. So, Adam Adam Cole made the announcement, um, and we also saw the entrance of Jay White because AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling will be teaming up for the Forbidden Door Supercard Maximum Sun Explosion pay-per-view in June in uh, what are we all thinking about this? I'll tell you. When I think of TK and I see AEW and I see Ring of Honor that he scooped up and now I see him playing with New Japan, is there a plan? I'm, I'm curious for a while. Like, I'm curious who is who are the, the, the two or three main people in his ear. I hope he has people in his ear. I really hope 
because my fear is, is it that, or is he this kid? And we'll, de we'll debate where his brain's at at any time of the day. Is he just playing with, is he just playing with these toys and just seeing what he can build and then seeing, I believe he cares, but I, I'm, the bigger question for me is if he is head booker, head all this, who are the people directly in his ear? If those people are sound to me, then I'm good because I think there's a plan with what they're doing, this three-headed monster that might be trying to, you know, disrupt the industry. But there's plenty to also worry about. That's what I'm thinking about, too. I would say along those same lines, I agree. And the, and even before they announced the purchase of Ring of Honor, which, of course, I mean, it makes on paper, it makes total sense. And I think it could be a really positive thing for both AEW talent and the industry as a whole. But what I worry about is the one big knock on AEW, which, which puts on great shows. We've talked about that before, is that it just seems like they are spinning too many plates and they just keep adding plates. And that's the thing I worry about, because you think about something like, well, as an example, the House of Black, which I think, you know, the Aleister Black is uh, amazing. And I think that that is one example of a talent who or I guess Malachi Black now, sorry. But I think that's one example of a talent where AEW picks them up. Great push at the beginning. And then it's not like WWE where you get the three-week push and they intentionally, you know, push you down the card. This is like, oh, we'd love to do something with him, but we just we have so many people to get on the show and we just keep adding people. And to Elliot's point, it is it does seem like a little bit like collecting toys sometimes. And it's just like, do you have enough space to play and a bandwidth to play with all these toys? And so I think that the, the the good side, the good out scenario is, well, will we will because now we have this whole other, you know, Ring of Honor universe or or New Japan canvas that we can paint on. What I worry about is what Ellie just talked about, which is like, is there really a long term strategy here, or is it just like, oh, this is a cool cool thing to acquire or a cool thing to do? Let me do this. So we'll see. Um, so I'm gonna jump back in because mm -hmm. uh, I think the House of Black and and what's going on with Malachi Black, like I cannot foresee into the future, right? Like I don't know what will be done, but I have seen what Tony Khan has done over the last two years, and that is place because and there are so many and they can't all be on top at once right like there's kind of like a rotation of how stuff's gonna go but they're putting stuff in place a year in advance in an episode of bt bte that like foreshadows an entire story that will come to fruition in a few months when like the title scene opens up for the tag team, like somebody in House of Black to have the tag match or for like Malachi Black to get a run, right? Um, how long, I don't know, months probably, months ago he spit in Julia's eye and she has been wearing the eye patch and has been acting very sullen and very sad and very kind of down. And it started to spread like now, instead of just the eye patch, she has like some dark stuff under her face. So we may get a payout in a month that's been building for six months. And I mean, not just with Julia, but like, you know, like another piece of this faction growing or them getting more more time together out that maybe they're the foil for BCC. I just trust after the hangman and page storyline and like all the beautiful background and months worth of work that went in with them and the Bucks, like I trust a long time, long term story in Tony Khan's hands. I do hope he gets good people around him for as many shows as he has. I, I think they're really good at telling long-term stories that revolve or connect to the executive vice presidents. I am less confident mm -hmm. about stories that are not directly connected to, to those guys. And, you know, one example that I throw out there is like, oh, now, you know, FTR is getting a push, but they were treading water for a long time too. And, and you know, House of Black is one example, but I also worry about, are they going to do right by Keith Lee? Are they going to do right by, you know, Miro when he comes back? There are some people who were kind of prominent players on AEW and have just vanished and not just because of injuries. And, and that, so what I'm saying is, is that I do think 
the way they put together the shows is really, really good. I just wonder if they have too many too many players for everybody to get touches, so to, okay, speak, well, to use a sports. So they do. They do. Right now, and they might get more. That's what we're exactly. that's what we're saying. So they they I, I think to go back to the original question of what do we think of the forbidden door idea, Ring of Honor also being purchased and what AEW is doing and what's Tony's ultimate plan? Tony's plan, and I think this has always been the plan, is to compete or beat WWE. And I think they realized early on that they can't do it with a single entity. So they need yeah. they need partnerships with Impact. They need partnerships with New Japan. They need uh, Ring of Honor in the fold. And they need the indies. Uh, let's not forget, people like Eddie Kingston came literally from an indie ring up to on television inviting Cody Rose like, within two weeks, right? So they, this is a, hey, we need a strategic kind of partnerships plans um, to compete with WWE. And in Tony Khan's kind of world, if he happens to own those other leagues, great. If he happens to partner with those other leagues, great. But I I think that's the idea and that's the plan. Um, A couple of questions about the announcement. Were we not supposed to know Jay White was already debuted? Like several weeks. Remember when Adam Cole bought him out mm-hmm. and they, he did the really quick, like, you know, hey guys, I'm, you know, what's up? I'm mm-hmm. here. And then we, he kind of did go dark for a while and he's been wrestling yeah. and, and, and other uh, things. But so I, we kind of knew he was affiliated when he came out. I thought it was great. Um, I don't fully understand the undisputed elite. <laughs> like, like I understand the undisputed era. I understand that the elite, but at this point, aren't they just the elite? Like, isn't this what they what they were a part of? So now there's this undisputed elite, and then it seemed to me, and this is obviously work, but it seemed to me Jay White was reluctant to say Bullet Club in the promo. Then he says Bullet Club at the end, like it's right. Hard. It's like the last thing he says is hard. like undisputed elite and Bullet Club, and then he just kind of leaves. Um, and I think he had a Bullet Club T-shirt on. He had a Bullet yeah. Club jacket yeah. on. Yeah, jacket. And and the um the crowd is chanting Bullet Club because if you're following what's happening with the yeah if you're following what's happening with the club, it's awesome. It's like a really big internal mess and, and all that stuff. Um, so and the last thing I'll say because I do think that there's not enough television hours. There's not for AEW. Dark is not a tele. It's a television like product, but what they do is they put a lot of people on dark, and it just it doesn't. I, the times I've seen dark to me, it doesn't enhance the storyline that's on TV. And I think, in order for dark to be relevant, they're gonna have to advance the storylines that are on Dynamite and Rampage. Mm-hmm. And unharken back to clips of the, when it when is the last Dynamite or Rampage where they showed a clip a real clip of Dark Great and question. said sig- something significant happened right and then we can hard it back yeah. so people will be like oh I've got to go when's the last time somebody said oh I've got to see Dark mm-hmm. but in order for them talk about the matches I would say Dark Elevation whichever one they shoot live every week is getting better at like advancing the storylines a they little bit the t- they put the ticker up. And I think what, mm-hmm. what my read of it as a fan is they put the ticker up and they use Dark to justify some of their Pat the Stat rankings yep. and title runs. Yep. But it, it's never Absolutely. once where it was like, oh, you've got to watch Dark because this right. happened. Like, and I think I if feel they, like that some weeks, like there's some weeks where I'm like, oh, shit, I've got to go check this match out. Um, and I do watch it pretty frequently, actually. Um, I... I don't. I probably don't watch you're, all of them every Megan, week. But... You're not. You're not a normal, casual AEW fan. I mean, <laughs> you've got to understand. You've got to. You're not. You're not. You are a. You are a. You are a special. The only time that I say, "Oh snap!" I've got to watch Dark. Anything 
is if there is a debut of a wrestler that I see on the ticker. It is never a flashback, go see this, because this happened that affects the storyline moving forward. Okay, so Cheats, that's a legit concern. And here it kind of goes back to my first point. Who who understands that? And who's the kind of person that's putting it in someone's ear to do something something about it? I think Tom's right. The storylines are the long-term planning of the executive uh, vice presidents, whether it was Omega, Bucks, Cody Rose, and those guys are the ones that have Tony's ear and have had Tony's ear to be able to do long-term planning. Now, I do think House of Black is in the long-term planes, and I think Alice, you know, Malachi Black is a big enough person. But I have I don't have a lot of confidence still that Team Taz is gonna have a legitimate storyline moving forward. That's right. Keith Lee, yeah. Swerve, Jay Lethal. Like there's so the yeah. top flight and Dante private party. What are they gonna do with Andrade and his house? Well, we and, I was just gonna and, say, and, we we talked about this, but like did like Jay Lethal on TV, like they debuted him, and then what did they what did they do? They had him lose and, three weeks in a row. That's what I'm saying. So like, and and yeah, and then you say, well, okay, but then they bought Bar- Ring of Honor, and that's going to be as long, you know. And it's like, okay, but then like Andrade is a great example. I was thinking last night, you know, watching AEW, I'm like, when is the last time he won a match on TV? And to me, and Cheatham, you and I have talked about this. I think we talked about it on the show, um, maybe. To me, I think he is a like. Top tier talent, amazing I mean, he, talent. I think he's great. So amazing great. talent. Yep. And, and he just he loses all the time, and then he takes sure. over. You know, <laughs> Matt Hardy is able to sort of pawn off his his terrible stable. Terrible. Dry day. It's terrible like here you go, stable. take it. And like they lose all the time. So again, I, it's just it's a weird you. it's a weird thing where I wonder. Yeah, if, I still love you. Because here here's my point. And I'll I'll shut up. But my point is. I think with Tony Khan, when he is bringing these guys in, there's no way that the thought process is I'm going to have, you know, Andrade or fill in the blank be like an enhancement guy who's going to work with top guys and get them over. He's not thinking those terms. He's thinking this is a guy who could, you know, compete potentially in the the main event picture or the TNT title picture or whatever. And then it turns into something else when, like, oh, here come three new toys. Here, Absolutely. you know what I mean. I think that's got, the, that's the they've thing. They've got they've got Blackpool and they've got uh, yeah. Red Dragon and they've got yeah. the Elite. Like it has to be that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I, will I, love, say I mean, I think we all love the Blackpool comic, but you know. sorry, yeah, we do. No, I mean, you can interrupt me. Say that anytime because I do love. <laughs> the Blackpool Combat Club and I got their hoodie. I ordered the hoodie before John Moxley got from the outside of the arena to the ring. It was already bought. <laughs> it was true. That is true. Uh, I, I wanted uh, it. Um, last night in yes, the chat I, can... I called it I called it White Pool Combat Club. I'm waiting. I'm waiting oh, for Lee Mariotti or something. Right. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Lee Mariotti or Dante Martin or somebody to join Black Blackpool so I can feel, so I can feel it works out for me. I think Moriarty might be the one. I think there was again because I feel like they do this like long term story stuff. Uh, with Moriarty during the match, uh, Daniel Bryan slapped the shit out of him and he slapped Daniel Bryan back. And I feel like that was, I mean, because the the way in apparently is for Regal to slap you and for you to be tough back. So I feel like Moriarty my, might have the my, best move. My heart did hurt last night when there was the scene of all three of them just kicking the crap out of the other people all at the same time. <laughs> and it was like Daniel Bryan stomping like Dante's face and John's kid. I was just like, even you, even, <laughs> even you that was beating up somebody. And I was like, just guys, guys, come on, let's let's do something here. Enough's enough. It was it was it was okay. it's amazing stable. I love them. I love them. They are. I don't know. I'm I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see where they go, and I look forward to them diversifying their talent pool that they choose to work with. Yeah, I'm all about them too. So, I like them. We like will them. see. So, uh, since we're on AEW, let's stay there for a minute. And what we do sometimes here is we rate a wrestler. So, we look at a wrestler. 
we gauge them on three different categories. So it is your in-ring work, your mic work, and then your it factor. Mm -hmm. So what is it? We all know the it factor. It's the stuff that makes us pop, right? Like it's it's, it's that carny magic they tap into that's uh, ineffable and indelible. Um, so what we are going to do today is talk about uh, the the Cajun sensation, Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks, who came into New Orleans and had probably one of the most beautiful crowd pop uh that I've seen and one of the most genuine, well, I hope, I don't know, I could have got worked, but I feel like one of the most genuine hometown uh, responses from a wrestler, especially a young wrestler. Um, so let's start with in-ring work. Because I feel like this is where he might get scored the lowest, maybe. Um, even though I'm a Starks mark. Cheats, what is your, we run on a belt system too, my bad. I just assume people understand how we do this, but we've only done it like four times, right? So the same way that the source used to do uh, five mics, uh, we run on belt systems. So zero to five belts for, I think they are in each category. So uh, in ring work, start us off. So I haven't seen a lot of Ricky Starks' work. He came he came into AEW as the NWA champion or former NWA champion. We all kind of knew he had the goods and could go. They they put him in some pretty good storylines right away. And actually, especially in AEW, they put him in some some pretty high profile matches right away. I think those early matches underwhelmed. I do. I think Starks had more skills. Starks was you know, he had an injury. Uh, I think when he came in, he was coming back from an injury. And so I think he had some injury issues that really uh, we're not seeing kind of the best Ricky Starks until now. So um, I always love like we were just talking about this. I always love the opportunity to talk about Jay Lethal and and the best match that Ricky Starks has had in AEW is a one on one match with Jay Lethal. That was the absolute when best. He, when he speared him out of the air when he was going yeah, for his little yeah, slippy. Yeah, Absol absolutely the most, I guess, when, when, especially when you guys, when you when we're talking about this stuff and you're talking about actual wrestling matches and telling a story in the match, mm -hmm. I think the Lethal Starks match is his best work in AEW. I can't really judge a lot. I know it's a, it's a holistic approach. We can't really judge... Um, a lot you know i can't judge a lot before that i can't judge a lot of his nwa work um it looks to me as if if he's healthy he has the goods to do it all has great uh you know ability to do technical stuff high risk stuff um tells a story in the ring i i just need to see more out of starks and unlike megan um and i and i don't want to belabor the point in regards to what we talked about last episode so go back and watch last episode but I didn't like last week. I, I, I didn't like the heel that Ricky Starks and Hobbs were supposed to be. Hobbs did, I mean, Starks did so many baby face stuff in front of the home crowd, in which the home crowd ate it up and the pop was amazing. But I like my heels to be heels, especially if I've known them to be heels. And Ricky Starks is a heel. And I think he's actually a really good one. I think he's an arrogant one. I think he has a, a face that people want to punch. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, long story short, in regards, in regards to ring work, I need to see more. He is 28 years old, so he's in the prime of his life. In that regard, I think if he gets in, you know, if he's physically healthy, he can do it all. But I'm going to rate him a three out of five stars in the ring with the potential for that to move up. But it's just... I haven't seen a Starks match outside of the lethal one that I would say is a really good match or uh, anywhere near close to a classic match. So I'm going to give him a three. All right. Uh, I feel like you defended your point well, so I'm okay with it. Tom, where would you rank Ricky Starks in ring work on a scale of zero to five belts? It's funny. I, I actually was thinking three before last week 
And even though philosophically I agree with Cheatham, I, do, I mean, this is something AEW does. And again, they're, they're a company that is very prides himself on being very employee friendly. And I think maybe this is part of it, but they will allow heels to be faces in their hometowns. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. You don't want to fight the crowd too much, but at the same time, it's like, Oh God. I mean, even MJF, when they went to long Island, they let him, you know, do a face promo. And I was like, Oh, okay. Brett Baker last night. Brett Baker mm -hmm. in Pittsburgh, uh, who, by the way, was the most over person on the show. But I mean, so I, I get, I get it. But this is one thing where philosophically I'm more with what WWE does, which is, you know, the Miz will come out and cut a promo on why he left Cleveland, why Cleveland stinks, whatever. Okay. But having said that, uh, it allowed me, I, I'm going to bump him up to a 3.5. And the reason is because what is the first time I had the chance to watch him work a little more as a face. And, and I think he showed some versatility that I, I wasn't sure he had. I, I think he's solid in the ring. And um, I think along the lines of what Mark said, I think there's more that we haven't seen of his, but I'd, I'd say three, five. I can support that. And just for the record, like, I don't know why we're supposed to hate Team Taz. Like, I guess they're, they are heels. They're heels. I mean, they're heels, but they're like heels, you know? No, like, no. Warmy like <laughs> heels that like are heels no. and you don't like them. And then there's the heels no. that are like, they're kind of fun. No, Powerhouse Hobbs, they put him against Keith Lee so they can distinguish him being even more of a heel. Ricky is supposed to be a Jericho-type heel. Uh, Taz is supposed to be a heel. Yeah. They're, Team Taz, I don't know what they're doing with Hook because people Hook like him is, too much. Yeah. But they're he's just supposed over. To be, they're over and people like them. Didn't, didn't they move? I don't know. Didn't they Hook, move Hook, Hook is over. Like, Hook, yeah, powerhouse. Like, people are hype about them. It's didn't they team move team. Hook away from Team Taz? Have you noticed? Yeah, they haven't they, done anything. Yeah. 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 They're heels. They're know. supposed to be. Dante Martin was supposed to be the face. They're very. Well, I mean, in that particular situation, but I think, like, contextually. Heels. It's day heels. one, Megan. Uh, sure. All right, Elliot. So what's your score going to be for in-ring work for Ricky Starks? Well, Cheats and Tom succinctly kind of summed up his in-ring in -ring work that we've seen so far in preparation for this. I went back and watched some NWA matches, and it's clear that even going back a few years, he has the technical ability. He's got the high-risk moves that make him a quality star. One thing that, that will be a common theme through all three of these segments with Ricky Starks for me is there are a lot of guys like that. Yeah, Ricky hasn't done anything quite yet to stand out appreciably over everyone who's six foot 195 who can do great ring work and do great high flying work. The, the, the spectrum isn't as wide as it used to be where you had completely out of shape guys to elite talents. They're all pretty much elite athletes now. So charisma is what gets you ever more. And we'll talk about that with him in a, in a second in ring. You really can't complain much about him. at the same time, the breadth of his work so far, I'm going to also go three. I actually thought about a 2.5, but I didn't want to punish him for his lack of, for his lack of experience. And if I'm looking at what I've seen, through NWA and through AEW so far, there's not a whole lot to criticize about it. So that's why I didn't want to give him a 2.5 simply because we haven't seen enough and he looks like he wrestles like a lot of other wrestlers do. So for me, also a three. A three for you as well. I'm going to have to go 3.5 um, just because I think that Yes, he's gotten significantly better since he's been in AEW. Um, and I do, the injury was a large chunk of time. But since he's been back, um, he is progressing in the ring in a way that indicates to me that he's going to continue to do so. He seems to, him and Hobbs seem to be training their asses off. So, um, I, I really do expect to see that moving forward. And in addition to that, I think this is kind of maybe more it factor, but there is a part of ring work 
in reacting to your the moves that are happening in being able to sell that counts as in ring work right sure. um so for for me he does that he captures the old school sell face probably better than anybody in the game right now and it's amazing like uh i think that's something that is probably undervalued in in-ring uh abilities but i do think like his he him and then dante martin as far as doing flips uh like when you're getting hit and and bouncing backwards but ricky starks will sell your move hit it i i, I don't know i think it's a it's a it's a thing that adds the point five for me so okay so that's in ring let's go to uh mic work next and I would like you to also include uh, his commentary work that he's been doing on Rampage. Jump all. Somebody, sorry. You guys always need to be mediated. Tom, would you like to tell me your thoughts first? Absolutely. I was going to mention uh, his commentary work because I've been really impressed with him on commentary. I would give him, I think, a four out of five for commentary. I, I think that without the work that he's done on rampage at the commentary desk i would kind of feel the same way as, as some of the other comments about his in-ring work meaning i feel like have i seen enough promos from him i've seen some and he's been you know pretty solid but nothing stands out i think his commentary has really surprised me and i, I feel like there's again he has a higher ceiling than i think we've seen so far but i give him four out of five i support that score wholeheartedly uh, Elliot, what is your uh, mic work skill? Yeah, uh, again, for, for me, he there's little to criticize. He can cut a good promo in the ring. He can he can cut a promo on the crowd on his opponent. Uh, he in doing commentary, he adds. He doesn't detract. Do I tune in to Rampage because I want to hear what Ricky Starks has to say? I haven't yet. You know, I think a lot of people like when Chris Jericho does his Chris Jericho thing. If you like following the action, Excalibur is as good as they get right now. Ricky's there as a, like he's basically cutting his own promo along with the action. It's fine. It, nothing stands out particularly yet about him to me. Um, but again, since he, he really does, in the, at, at the same time, I'll say he has the goods also. So there's not a whole lot you you know you want to detract too much from him. That's why for him, for me, he's also a three on the mic. Okay, who so is, who is five on the I need a I need just a calibration. Hold on, there are fives. I got to collaborate. I got to I got to take measure here too. CM so Punk's we, a five. So we got MJ. CM, CM Punk. CM Punk's an eight. All right. Let me take some measure here, though. So we've okay. got a 4.5, a 4, and then Elliot, what's your score? 3.5. 3. Did I say 3? 3. 3.5. 3.5. You said yep. 3. I meant to say 3.5. I'm not taking him all the way down to a 3. He's not all a right, 4. You said, I think you said 3. Okay. Okay. I'm taking it to he a 3.5. That's what I meant. 4.5 your score? Or did no, you I thought that was, was my score. I thought that was yours. Did you not give your score? I no. had you went first. Tom, right, went Tom, first, Tom went first with yeah. a four, and then there's yeah. a 3.5, Correct. and now it's on me, Yep. which I will yep. I will say, uh, I think Elliot is right on the head with his commentary. I'm going to bump his score up to a four. Um, I think Starks is fine at the Rampage desk. I don't think he's Jericho. I think Jericho is probably a 4.5 as a guest commentator on that on that like somebody that's an active wrestler that comes and sits down i think jericho's probably a 4.5 i think starks is better than when you know say regal sits down there or another oh, active really oh, oh i not, think regal's well, awesome yeah. i was gonna say uh, regal regal could be a five I, yeah uh, i, love I think stars, but william regal is amazing I, yeah. i don't i think regal's a great promo the promo he cut in the ring the two promos you cut in the ring, one the first one, the debut one that was long, and the the other one, um, following that, I think he's fine when he comes to the ring and talks. 
I don't, I mean, I don't, when he sits down and he's with Tony and, and the other guy, I mean, he's regal. It's fine. Long story short. My point <laughs> is, I don't want to argue. We'll do Stephen Regal, William Regal the, another day. I'm going to give him a four. And I mm -hmm. do think that it's because um, I don't tune in a rampage to, 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 to see Starks there, but if Starks is there, I'm like, it's great. It's fine. Um, I also think that he gets, he depends on who's at the desk with him. I do think he gets lost. Some. Um, if you're watching, especially if he's there with Jericho, like they get, he gets, he gets lost. I mean, he's fine. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm going to give him a four. I think that his, like when he is grabbing the mic at the top of the ramp and doing some, some trash talking when he's cutting a real promo. So I think we've gotten lost in the sense that we were looking at his commentary as all that he does. He's better with the other stuff to me. Mm -hmm. He's better when he's cutting a promo. He's better when he gets the mic and he's, he's talking trash and giving his looks. I think there's some real, um, and it's not just because of his looks. I think there's some real kind of rock-like qualities, early mm -hmm. rock-like qualities in Starks, um, especially, Megan, if he embraces being a heel. If he embraces being a heel, he's going to be a much better heel than he ever would be a face. And I think that that's where his on-the-mic work will hopefully go and succeed. So I'll give him a four. Um, because you made that point, I'm going to give him a point five with the... Uh... He's not a, a 4.5. I was like, he's not a 4. I think he's a 4.5 because you made the rock point. Because one of the I, people I was thinking of rock. in my head when I said before that there's like this thing, the in-ring responses that he does with his facial expressions and stuff. Uh, I was thinking of the rock when I was thinking about like classic attitude era people that like they zoomed in and the face told you like, oh, that move just killed that guy. But also it's kind of big and goofy and you know, it's been goofy. And so you feel a little bit better about feeling bad about it. Um, I think he has that same quality of just oh, on the mic. Uh, he brings a very performative uh way of talking to, to how he does stuff. There's always a, a, a neck roll. There's always something happening in addition to what is being said by Ricky Starks. So uh, I'm going to go 4.5. So I had it right all along, is what you're telling me. You did, but history will prove me right. So I've got 4.5, 4, 3.5, 4. Yes. Okay. All right, last one. Are you doing the like overall like memes? Yeah, because we gotta, yeah, we gotta okay, keep them. Good. We gotta keep track with the other wrestlers we've rated. I he's I actually think, doing really well. I think I think he is. He has a pretty good, a pretty I good think, cross board. I think we're gonna be disappointed well. if we once we stack up how we rate rated other wrestlers to like. Well, I think we're gonna. I'm, we're I'm, gonna I'm being cognizant of that. I'm trying to. Yeah, we're gonna lower his score. Here. Because he's going to finish and be like, oh, he's this high. And then we're going to be like, you know, he's not better than Razor Ramon. Right. Mm. <laughs> Razor Ramon. I don't know. We rated I him. That moves us on to the next category, which is it factor, which for me, since I since I saw the Stroke Daddy oh, promo that he cut for the Indies, I knew that, like, I hate it that he gets, like, constant rock comparisons, but, like, I don't know if there's ever been another character, and it's, he's a heel, but he's a tweener, like, he's a heel that we're allowed to like, and I think no, that's what's not. up with, I think Where do you get this from? He's pretty strongly heel. He is, Megan is the only one that likes him. No, like people like him. Like people is cheer he, for him and he's, he's like, heel. He's heel rock. He's not face rock. Yeah, you know, he's all okay. the elements of the heel rock. Character. It factor. I give him a four point five. No, oh. I'm gonna give him a four. I'm gonna give him a four because oh, okay. I just thought about what my five is, and I'm gonna <laughs> give him a four. Yeah. Ricky Starks is a great wrestler. There, there are great. These guys. He's a great wrestler. Here's my point. Here's my point. There are lots of. I mean, he's a very talented wrestler who knows what he's doing. 
he can he can go out there and put on a fun match to watch. There is nothing particularly it about him yet. He doesn't remind me that much of The Rock. When you say that, I can say, yeah, I kind of see what you're saying. But if you thought about, if I thought about it, I bet there are lots of people we can come up with because of The Rock. There are lots of folks who can give us that rock feeling now. Ricky sort of resembles him a little bit, and he can has some of the facial mannerisms more than others, perhaps. He seems like a guy who is going to be serviceable, fun. I can't see him as the centerpiece of any big feud right now. Lots can change. He's the kind of guy that that maybe could do much better for with a change of venue. I know you don't want to hear that, Megan. But like he can, he he, you I could see him getting right into the title picture in another promotion if those titles meant anything. He is one of many right now with nothing yet that is drawing me to him. So for me, but he has all those qualities. Mm. He's just he's just not he's just not he's not quite ready for prime time. For me, three point five, Ricky Starks. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. And, and 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 here's the thing I would say about you know, first of all, I think we would all acknowledge that despite the temptation to compare him to The Rock, that in, it, it, there in the history of the business, there have been somewhere between zero and five probably yeah, guys. That's from it, the that's Rock unfair. Side. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So any comparison to The Rock is a little bit unfair. It's unfair. It's unfair. Having said that, one connection that I will make, and I think it's it's relevant in this conversation is. Ricky Starks, granted he was injured for a bit, but Ricky Starks has been in a heel faction for, I mean, how long? Team Taz has been pretty close since the beginning, since they went national, so two years. And with The Rock, it was like, oh, this guy is something special. And he quickly became ascendant from that stable. He, he was the leader of the nation of domination, supplanted Farouk, and then he was out on his own pretty quickly. And again, granted, The Rock is The Rock, and he's a separate category. With Ricky Starks, he is, I think, has a lot of promise, but you don't see him as like, oh, he's obviously the breakout star of that group. It's, I mean, it's, it's, that's not what I get when I, when I watch, you know, him in that, in that collection of talent. So I would also say, having said that, he does have a lot of positive, positive qualities as well. I would say three five is probably the right number for him. For me. What well, I know what Megan's gonna say. Know. So, so let no, let me ask the group about this. If you're starting a wrestling promotion, do you take Ricky Starks or Ricochet? Ricochet. Ricochet. No question. I, Ricochet. Yeah, you take Ricochet because Ricky Ricochet can do all those things that Ricky Starks does in the ring, and Ricky Starks can't do those things that Ricochet does, and Ricochet has enough good mic skills and of charisma to to overcome what you know what what might he be lacking to ricky you definitely I, take ricochet. I don't know if i've ever seen ever seen a better high flyer than ricochet yep so that might not have been un, that might be unfair do you take swerve or ricky starks mm, mm. much tougher much tougher yeah. question much tougher I, question. I, I, I would I go ahead no, I just said I know Cheatham loves Swerve. I might take Ricky Starks. Okay. No, this is uh, a good. This is... I'd say has Swerve had any significant injuries to date? I mean, outside of wrestling wear and tear, not that I know of. Yeah. Okay, so Ricky Starks has broken his neck. So yeah, you know, maybe I take Swerve in that scenario. If I'm I say I company. say this because I think these are the comps that we're talking about with Ricky mm-hmm. Starks and. When we're talking about it factor, you're right. There's he's not going to be the Rock. He's not going to be Jericho. So it's like one of in, in regards to to it factor stuff, right? I would make the it would I didn't think of this until Tom made the point, but I would make the argument in the last couple of weeks. If you told me Powerhouse Hobbs is the leader of that faction, I would accept that. Hobbs has done some. You know, some really, really, I think, impressive things while they've made this run with, you know, Keith Lee and Swerve and these guys fighting. The only reason I know Ricky Ricky is the leader of Team Taz in that sense is because, obviously, back in the day, 
Brian Cage was the leader and he wanted out. So they made Starks the leader to take to get Cage out of there, right? And then Team Taz tells you Taz tells you Starks is the leader. It wasn't like when they started that that faction, Brian Cage was the was the champion. He was the leader and everybody was gonna try to put Whoever has the FTW title is right. the de facto leader. So I, I but it's a great point because I don't think a lot of folks um I think Ricky's growing into that kind of people starting to look at me. And I think uh, last week's hometown show really helped that part of it. But as of right now, I can't see him as a charismatic character, an it factor character in AEW, not anywhere else in AEW. I'm not going to put him over Malachi. I'm not going to put him over Andrade. I'm not going to put him over all of the other type of, I'm not talking about the top of the, of the show. I'm not putting him over the the people that we consider premium mid-carders at AEW. He's probably in the lower tier of that group. So with that said, I'm going to go with the 3.5. If he gets a push as we move forward, I think it's going to be tough. I think it's a very crowded space for his style and his size and his charisma to to say, I'm going to put you over, um, you know, other folks so that's where that's where i'm going with it and that's why i think i need to put like a hard rule on myself to not future cast because it's like (laughs) it's just like seeing like what you know someone has and being like oh this person's gonna be a a thing and i haven't been wrong about a lot of people that i've called um so often right i'm gonna continue to future cast for ricky's (laughs) i think that it's Yes, it's still probably a few, maybe even years away. But I think that um, that kind of goes to what we were talking about before with the the depth of the roster at AEW. Like, in my head, there's a spreadsheet, and we're, like, working through everybody. Like, everybody's going to get a chance at the tier that they're at. And I could see Ricky Starks in a few years finding his way into the title picture. And not the TNT title picture. Um, so I'm going to stick by Ooh. my set. Oh, would you take, Megan, would you take Ricky Starks or Scorpio Sky? Ricky Starks. I don't think Scorpio is, Scorpio is way better in the ring, but like that shit stuff. I'm sorry, I keep cussing today. That's stuff that, that Ricky can learn. And I think he's shown his ability to uh, get better and his, persistent like want to to be there and to train the reason he ended up on to the top is because even when he had a broken neck he was like i can still do something y'all need me to fill out some paperwork like you need me to like like that was the story they told that ricky was like is just something i can do at the office like he genuinely just wants to be around this wants to he i think he loves this i could be getting worked again that is very possible Ricky Starks um, or Sean Spears? Tough, another tough one. They're all in the same group to me. They're all kind of. That's sort of. That's sort of my larger. My larger point is right, that kind of. You know, e- Ethan Page or or Ricky Starks. They're um, all. They're well, all. WWE kind of, for some reason is super high on Ethan Page. WWE's high on Ethan. Yeah, Page. they're super. They, they love Ethan Page. Was just like really? I mean, I mean, he's, again, he's. Fine, well, but he was a indie. He was a bigger star in the indies, and then got kind of thrown into the state. Like Ethan Page, when he was doing a lot of indie work, was was kind of labeled as a guy that was going to be a guy, like a real guy. Yeah. And uh, when a again, like a lot of like we just talked about, it's just an AEW issue because there's just not enough space. So you put him in exactly. with Dan Lambert and Scorpio Sky, but Ethan Page and Darby had some matches that mm-hmm. like that people talk about to this day. Like they, they thought Ethan Page killed Darby several times. Um, and for me, Ethan Page is a harder one to go up against Ricky Starks. Cause I think Ethan has it too. And you can watch even in these like terrible, horrible from Brandy to Ty and Sammy, like from that entire angle, watch when like Ethan Page gets the mic, he can shut the room up yeah, and all they want yeah, to do good. is yeah. boo everyone they want to boo everyone in those interactions nobody is the good guy and ethan can shut them up 
and you part can of, like hear a pin part, drop and not in the bad way. <laughs> part of that has been this emergence of all those guys, your Sammies have these vlogs now going on and there's yeah. a little, little bit of a war going on with their vlogs. And I've actually started watching of those vlogs. Ethan's is the best of those by far uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, except Dan Housen's are great for different reasons. <laughs> but, Thunder, but, yeah. Thunder Roses tacos. Thunder Roses are awesome. Yeah. But like, yeah, Ethan Page, I want, I want more for Ethan Page than I do for Ricky Starks personally. All right. So guys, just a recap. Uh, overall scores, in-ring work 3.5, uh, mic work 4, and it factor 3.5. I don't know exactly where this bounces out. I have to do a consensus of all of our rate the wrestlers. It's actually lower. If, if it's 3.5, 4, 3.5, it's going to be lower than I thought it would be when we started. I thought it was going to be a lot higher. I've, so. I've only been on the show twice and gone, and gone through this process twice, but I feel like both times it was – Megan picks someone that she really likes, and then was disappointed by all of our scores. <laughs> I think this is the second time. I know. Yeah. yeah I, were you on for the Thunder Rosa show? Rosa I think you were on for the, the Thunder Rosa, yeah. right? Yeah, it was Thunder Rosa. Wasn't it Rosa the first time? Yeah, I think you was on the for the Rosa show. Like, Whoa, she doesn't I, have it. So, <laughs> so there's I a, seeing that, but like okay. what was Megan in her future casting? I think there's a thing that we future cast what Megan's score is going to be and actively try to counteract it. To like, you know, be like the Russian judge that's gonna get their score thrown out for being so low. So that's that's what it is. We we go in knowing that Ricky Starks is gonna be high on our list, so we take it down. Well, I think it is well deserved. Um, I have a really, I think he's at least. I mean, it's acceptable. It's an acceptable score for right now. That's the same way I felt. I think it's a fair. Up. I think it's a fair score right now. It's acceptable. Anyway, um, I had a, an entire breakout. Um, there is this guy. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it next time because we talked a lot today. But homework, everyone, friends, um, go check out Brandon Thurston, i.e. WrestleNomics on Twitter. Um, if you're a nerd at all, dude has all the charts, all of them, like all of them, all the ratings. Like that was something that I pulled because I wanted to talk about like what the potential, uh, additional audience is going to be coming for New Japan Pro. Like they have a hundred thousand subscriber, like built-in audience um and their pay-per-view buys have been significantly larger than that prior to the pandemic the pandemic kind of dampered things for them not gonna lie when i was looking at the numbers um but i do want everybody to go check it out there's a lot of amazing breakdowns like dude has a, a survey of people's favorite wrestling uh promotion based on their race and then a breakdown of their viewership Based, based on their race. And those two numbers do not align. So a lot of people don't like a product that they are watching. There's just amazing data to go look at. I wanted to talk all about it today, but we've been on here an hour, and I know Cheat's got to go. Um, so but I, I, I wanted to bring up one thing about what you said, because I'm really interested, and, and time will tell, but I'm very interested. If you are a, a U.S. American watching wrestling fan, and you are tuned in to New Japan, or you're buying a New Japan pay-per-view, I I think very seriously that you're already watching either AEW or WWE or all of them, if you're into wrestling that much. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if it's an opportunity to actually get new fans by doing these collaborations, or are you just kind of securing a base that may already be watching your product? Well, that was one of the things like when I was looking at the numbers that I wanted to talk about was like the international audience. Like, so <clears throat> the same way they brought in the very tall man, uh, Tony Khan is like very aware that there are like national audiences that he can get his his product in front Inter of. International, the, international, yep. International, yes. Well, I mean, they are nations. Right. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing, it's an amazing point. Anyway, uh, on that topic, I, 
did you see how many did you, on that topic? Did you see how many people in India watched WrestleMania? Sixty million. Sixty million. So TK can have all of his uh, desires for India or anywhere international, and there'll be he will scrape some, but he's he's not gonna he's not gonna he has no chance of taking over any other market. But he doesn't have to. We're talking about to. we're talking about business. To. Right, if you right. get Does a not have part to. of the market share, you don't have to take it all over. In some of those places, there are plenty of eyes for everybody. Like right. there are here, too. 60, mil 60 million eyes on WrestleMania. Vince isn't sweating anything. 60 million yeah. eyes or 120 million eyes? Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, good, good point. Point. Good point. <laughs> so uh, I will say one of the numbers that I pulled out is like the just average watch rate for uh, – Raw versus uh, Dynamite, and Dynamite's averaging in a night of watching broad. This is like broadcast television data that he's pulling, right? But uh, they are averaging one million, and then WWE is averaging two million. So they're still like twice as prevalent amongst people that still watch TV on cable. I guess. Cool. So. I don't know. It'll forever be the Titan. Uh, and I don't know, maybe Ring of Honor and AEW and New Japan Pro uh, can team up and take down the evil empire. Maybe one day. All right, Elliot, do you have a match of the week for us to check out, watch? What should we be looking at? I do, super quick. I've um, got two for you today. I have one from TNA NWA. Way back, uh, episode number 92. Someone who's going to be a Hall of Famer. Someone who's still, when they, when they get the opportunity, they still get it done. R-Truth. Man, he used to be he used to be Ron the Truth Killings. And before he's had this amazing run in WWE, after his first WWE run, he was in TNA and competed against AJ Styles many times for the NWA world title. So <clears throat> go back and watch episode 92 of NWA TNA Weekly. Find it on YouTube. Find it on the TNA channel if it's offered to you. Ron Killings versus AJ Styles. My other one, something I just came across today. It was in, um, I saw it on Twitter. It's from November 7th, 2011. Uh, well, he was known as Daniel Bryan then. Daniel Bryan versus William Regal. You know, mm. you can imagine what a match like that's going to look like. Um, two matches. Similar styles, but four guys who are all Hall of Famers. And when you watch it, you sit, oh man, if 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 at least half the matches on Raw or Dynamite could be like this, who wouldn't want to be a wrestling fan? Um, it's easy to get romantic about wrestling. And guys like AJ Styles and Ron Killings and William Regal and Brian Danielson can make it very romantic. So those are my two matches. Well, the Regal Danielson one is very on the nose because, you know, it's part of the uh, Blackpool Combat Club lore now. It's their origin story. Oh, yeah. Comic book. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. So um, are we going to do Heel of the Week? Are we doing yeah, that we don't. We don't have time. We are. Cody Rhodes. We do it every week, but we can't do it this week. I we agree have, with we Cody Rhodes. Can we all just say that Cody's the Heel of the Week and then we'll get oh out of here? Gosh. Sure. I forced that on everyone. If everyone votes. If and, everyone votes. Oh, check that. It's the count. One, two, three. Oh, he didn't kick out. Cody Rhodes is the heel of the week. And we are out of here, good people. We will see you next week. Uh, check the link. Check all the things. Follow our stuff on the things, on the places, behind the at signs. Do that. Do that. Mm -hmm. All right. And Peace we are...